just like to say first up that Mary is a great blessing that God has given to me. And I'm very, very grateful. Um, so my name is Mark Hockey, as Mary's already introduced us. Um, I'm brother to Stu, and, Stu over there and his wife Coralie and Mike and Helma Hockey and my mum and dad. And John Hockey is my other brother in Gisborne, as you guys may know them. Um, so today is a testimony day. Um, and it's about what God has done in our lives. And God is the one who has the glory, as we sung, um, to, all, to him are all things, and from him are all things. So I'd just like to reiterate that before I start, that these testimonies are in, a testim- our testimonies, but they are also a testimony of what God has done, God has done in our lives. Um, I just uh, one of the things that just came up on my heart and I've got a little bit of extra time um, is that uh, as a theme that for today's talk and that was one of um, gold God put this uh, theme on my heart of, of what is gold and what is gold in the Bible and what is it refer to, and there's a couple of scriptures I'm going to talk about later about that, um, Corinthians, Corinthians 3, 11 to 15, and Revelations 3, 18. So I'll talk about those scriptures, uh, what God has got to say, or the, the scriptures say about gold, but I, uh, one of my favourite things is uh, we all have our little niches, and one of my niches is astrophysics. I know it's a bit strange. Um, but uh, I like finding out about God's creation and about God's universe. And a really interesting thing about our marriage ring is it's made out of gold. And it might seem like, well, it's just dug out of the ground and it's formed and turned into a ring and that's it. But the creation process about how God actually makes gold is quite incredible. And I would just... It's part of my passion in life about astrophysics is to explain just reasonably quickly that process. And it's just a, it blows my mind, and I hope it does you too. So I'll try and explain it without visual <coughs> cues, but if you take two big stars, um, bigger than our star, the sun, and they orbit around each other, they have to be pretty big. Um, what happens is that once they nova, they get old and they nova, which means they blow off the outer layers of the, sun, of the star, and they both have to nova. And then what happens is when they, when they explode, there's a compression from the centre of the star gets compressed right down to a very tiny ball comparatively to the size of the star. Now, a star is about a million times the size of Earth. It's a standard star. The bigger stars are way bigger than that. But all of that, all of the rest of the star that's left over is compressed down to the size of about Auckland City. And it's called a neutron star. And, it's, and if you know anything about atoms, you've got the electrons flying around the outside of the nucleus, and the nucleus is very dense. Well, in a neutron star, those uh, electrons get crushed down to actually be inside the nucleus. And so they are very, very dense. And they're as dense as if you take the size of um, Mount Everest, and you crush it all down to the size 
of a teaspoon, that is the density of a neutron star. That's one teaspoon on that star. So it's very, very dense. Now you have to have two of them, and two of these stars uh, are neutron stars and they orbit e each other. And over a long, long period of time, millions and millions and perhaps billions of years, they actually, their orbits degrade and they get closer and closer and closer together. And when they actually get so close together, they actually combine and explode. And it's one of the biggest explosions in the universe. Um, it's so big that we have created on Earth an instrument called the LIGO um, Institute. It's created a two crossbeam lasers and it actually measures space-time and ripples through space-time. And the explosion is so big that it actually ripples space-time. And, and we can pick up those explosions on Earth from the LIGO instrument. And it sounds like a zip as the neutron stars get closer and closer together in their final stages of life. And, and uh, you can hear them go zip on this LIGO instru instrument. If you look it up on Google, you'll actually hear it. And it's these neutron stars coming closer and closer, and at the end of it, that's where they explode. Now, all the matter that they've blown off afterwards, uh, beforehand, um, that actually, the explosion and the power and the, and the energy that is injected into all that other matter is enough to create gold. That's how God creates gold. So when you look at the ring on your, on your finger, that's how God makes it. He crushes stars, explodes stars, and uses the energy to make gold. I just, that just blows me away. Um, so anyway, so that's why I have an interest in gold today. This God says, well, this is something that you know about, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what the scriptures say about gold. But first, I'm going to tell two stories, um, personal stories. Actually, I'll tell three now. Um, one, is, one is around my baptism. So when I was a 15-year-old boy, um, my mother had diligently raised me in the ways of the Lord, and um, I loved God with all my heart, mind, and strength. And I was convicted to be baptized as one of the commands of the Lord, um, be saved and be baptised. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do as a 15-year-old boy. The weekend before the baptism, I was walking down, I was coming back from a, a movie called Southern Comfort with three of my friends from school. And it was late at night, it was about 10 or 11, and we were walking down the road behind the Ideal Dairy, beside the Ideal Dairy. And I was, as I was walking across the road, there was this guy... He looked a bit dodgy, and he and I said, oh, "Shall I change my course direction? Oh, that'll be oh, that's, oh, that'll make me look like I'm afraid." So I carried on walking diagonally across the road, and um, what I didn't know was this man was a gang prospect, and he uh, this is what I found out later from the police, um, and and he hit me and punched me, and I fell on the ground. And I don't remember too much. I remember just a little, just as I, I remember crying out, Jesus, save me, it's in my mind, or I don't know if I spoke the words or they were in my mind. I cried out, Jesus, save me. And the next thing I remember, there was police coming around the corner and there's police dogs, and this guy was swinging a 4 by 2 with a nail in the end of it. And, um, and I ended up in the police station. Uh, the police picked me up. I was a bit shaken. And... Um, 
And I remember, with a little bit of smug, because I was still a teenager, I wasn't too frightened, but I had a bruise on my face. And um, I said to my mum, I'm in the police station, come and pick me up. <laughs> and I could see the humour. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, that was pretty much the end of it. There was a conviction later on, I had to turn up in court. But the next weekend was going to be the weekend of my baptism. So I was baptised in the AOG church under a pastor called Ken Price and when I was a young fella. And when I came out of that baptism pool, the Spirit of God fell on me and in a powerful way, uh, so powerful that I'd never felt anything like it before or since. And God came to meet me. He visited me with his Holy Spirit as I came out of the waters and the Holy Spirit just fell on me and I just felt the presence of God in a powerful way. And I said to myself at that point, I will never forget this. This is a marker in my life to the testimony of God in my life. And of course, later in life, you do, it fades. You forget what he's done. But for many, many years, I remembered that I can never deny God. I can never forget God because that is proof that he came and was real to me. Um, the next weekend or later that week, <clears throat> I, I was, my mum had a, a lovely Vauxhall Viva white car and I was learning to drive because I was 15 and in those days you could learn to drive at 15. And of course, being a 15-year-old, I backed my mum's car into the fence and, and did a lot of damage. Anyway, so really tough stuff, miracle of God, then other tragedies. And now I know they're not big tragedies. You know, to a 15-year-old, they were pretty big. But um, often in the midst of God's gold, there is refining or there is tragedy or there is challenge. Um, and often we don't get away scot-free in this world. Um, another time where, I, where God has met with me was I was in um, Papua New Guinea, um, and I was in a mission station in the Highlands, and I was in the mission station. Uh, Mum and Dad said to me, do you want to take a service? And I said, sure, I'll give it a go. And I said, oh, God, now what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? And God gave me an insight into these, these there's probably about 20, 15 students, and he gave me an insight. Um, and so I thought, all right, that's all I've got. So I'll take your insight and I said to them, and so, I, so this is the insight that I had, and I'll explain, and I, said, and I said to the students, I was taking the service, I said, I want to do a skit with you, and um, if you'll allow me permission to do a skit with you. And so this is the wisdom of the Lord for these people at this time. And I, and I said, and I noticed that they were all in a group, and they, had, they all did... Um, everything together, and they thought and did everything together and chose everything together. And I, and I remember thinking um, that sometimes that's dangerous. Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. And I said to them, I want one of you who's happy to be part of this skit to um, look at this symbol. We're going to draw a symbol on the board, and then we drew a triangle on the board. And... And I said to him, now I want you to remember that symbol and I, then I want you to go out the back and I'm going to talk to the, other, the rest of the, the, the students. And so the, the boy said, yep, that sounds great. And he popped out the back. And I said to the rest of the class, I said, I want you, 
when I asked him what he saw, to say it was a square. It was a triangle on the board, but I want you to convince him it was a square. And, and, I, and I said, I want you to do the best to convince him that it was all of you, no, no one to, no one to um, deny it, all of you to say that was a square and convince him that it was a square. So I said to the young man to come back in, and he, and he came back in, and, and I said to him, what did you see? And he says, a triangle. And I says, are you sure? He says, yep. And I said, what do you guys think? And they said, it's a square. The whole lot said it was a square. And he, his face fell, and he went, and he started having doubt and suspicion, and, and he started to doubt himself because everyone else had said differently. And, he, and, you, and the whole class could see that... Um, that he was struggling with the truth and what was the truth and, and doubting himself. And I said to him, thanks, um, uh, thanks for your participation. And I don't want to trick you, but this is a, this is a representation of, um, and we sat down and, and he realised that he, what he saw was the truth. But he found it really, really tough to speak the truth when everyone else is against you. When everyone else is saying something else. When everyone else is saying that black is white. And, but you are the only one who knows the truth. And that is where his belief is tested. And that for he, before he knew it's the truth, there was no opposition to the truth. When there's opposition to the truth, especially everyone else, and many people, people you respect, um, and are your peers say something else, then sometimes that truth is challenged. Sometimes that truth you think, I, do I really believe that? And in this world, sometimes that's how it works. That's, that our, we don't know the truth truly until it's challenged. And, I, and this is, the, this is the sermon, basically the sermon I had for them. And they were convicted. The Holy Spirit fell on the whole room. And all of those young people were just lit up with God's power right at that moment. And they said to us, what, what shall we do? And, what can we do to be saved, basically? And I said, well, we can have this prayer. For those of you already saved, the, the, the camp mum and dad said some of them are already Christians and some of them weren't. I said, well, what can we do, they said. I said, let us go and, and baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit. So these young people, 15 of them, those, some of them had been already saved. Others spoke that prayer right then and there. And we took them into the highlands, which has cannibals in it. I, don't, I found it later, later, but we went. <laughs> I was young at the time. But anyway, we went into the highlands and we baptised these young people and God amazingly blessed them. And one man, his name was Agape. I said, your name in Greek means love. Did you know that? And he, he, was, just, he was just so on fire with the Spirit of God in him. And and all I, you know, I remember thinking, God, I'm such so blessed that I can be just in this little park because I know these faithful people um, have been rate, you know, have been have been teaching these guys the gospel over all these years, and come in, and then there's just a key that is given of wisdom and your knowledge for this point in time, and they receive God, they receive the Holy Spirit, and they are baptized and saved. And I thought, you know, and there's a, that's another piece of gold. It's something that God has done. And I can celebrate it and be a part of it. I am a part of what God is doing. And God involves us in those, those, those parts of what he's interested in, what his purposes are. And if we can come alongside those purposes, 
with, our, with basically our faith, and that's about it, he is the one who provides the gold. He's the only one who can create it. We can form it, melt it, make it into stuff, but he's the only one who can actually physically make the stuff. Maybe in a hadron collider, what tiny, tiny, tiny pieces we can make, but not anything like what we um, make or we have in the earth. So that was the second one. I'm going to tell one more story since we've got a little bit more time. And that is me, um, also young, also going on my OE. Um, and I was right into freedom. I was in my 20s now. I, was, I thought, I really, I really love being free. free is, freedom is where it's at in life. I pretty much don't need anything else except to be free. And so I got, I was on an OE and I was, in, I was on my way to um, Nepal and I was in India on a bus, and I thought to myself, I'm as free as I can possibly be. I was, I was in my 20s, I had nothing. I had, no, I had a little bit of money, that's it. And I had some, some stuff on my back, on the road to nowhere. No one knew me, and, and there was, no, there was no, nothing that I, um, to interfere with me or tell me what to do or, or any of those things. And I, and I talked to God at this point in my life. I said, God, what do you think? What do you think about this freedom? And he said to me, this scripture came straight into my head. And he said to me, um, choose you this day whom you will serve. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I went, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, not, that's, not, that's not freedom. I believe in freedom. Where's this freedom? You, know, you say you're going to set me free. And that is also true. But... Part of the freedom that we have in life, I knew, and when he said that, I thought a bit more about my freedom. I thought, well, I'm going to run out of money soon. I, I, when I run out of money, I'm going to have to work, and then I'm going to have to serve somebody. And so I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to be not free. for. A, I'm only maybe on this one point in my life, I'm a little bit free, but eventually I'm going to run out of money, and I'm going to either suffer, suffer slavery from not having any money and having to do what anyone tells me or whatever, Especially in a place like India, uh, where you, you know, there's no social welfare system. Um, so, so I thought I'm near. I'm actually not free. I, the best I can do is choose who I can serve. I can serve a master. Who can I serve? I can serve my boss. Okay, but then I'm not free. And Jesus says, "But if you choose me, um, then my yoke is easy, my burden is light." And and choose to stay who you serve. And I I choose Jesus. I choose the Lord. Um, because he is amazing. Anyway, that is my third story. So let's look at a couple of scriptures. Just going, uh, the first scripture that came to mind that I thought was very interesting is there's a scripture, render unto Caesar which is Caesar's and God which is God's. It's Jesus talking to the Pharisees who came to trap him on a coin. He's looking at a coin and on that coin was... Um, Caesar's image. Now remember when I go back to saying how is a gold coin made? Well, we have the power to form it. We don't have the power to create it. In fact, all of the gold in that coin is God's. And so, like when I looked at that scripture, immediately it means pay your taxes. That's what I took that scripture to mean. Pay your taxes. But actually, if, I, if you look at it from this perspective of the whole coin is actually made by God. We can form it and put our stamp on it, 
But that guy is dead now. That coin is the only thing left of him. The, surf, the surface of that coin is the only thing left of his whole life. Oh, and he's Caesar. He's one of the top guys and one of the top civilizations that, in history. But he, he no, is no longer here and all he's got is the image, his image on the coin. But God created that gold. It is his gold. To him are all things. From him are all things we sang. Okay, let's look at, if you, if you want to with me, I'm going to read it out, but um, I'll look at Corinthians 11 to 15. Corinthians 3, 11 to 15. For no man can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder receives a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but not be saved, but, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So I believe that's talking to Christians. A house is built on the rock, on Jesus. But what is built else on that foundation is gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and straw. What is gold, silver, costly stones, what are those things that are not going to be burned up? That's the question. Is it physical gold, physical silver, physical precious stones that he's talking about? I don't think so. So what is it? Psalms 19, 7 to 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are are firm and all of them righteous. They are more precious than gold, much more than much pure gold. These are the laws of God. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple, thankfully for many of us. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are, from, are firm and all of them righteous. And they're kind of like the laws of the Lord. They're kind of like the heart of the Lord spoken. That is what's more precious to God than gold. 
What is the law of the Lord? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the core of the law of the Lord. It's love. Funnily enough, that's what actually survives. At the end of your life, <clears throat> it's not what you made, it's not what you own, it's love. It's what you did and love. And firstly, what you did and love to the Lord. And then what you did and love to the others. That is gold. To God, that's what gold is. More precious than gold. And if you followed the laws of the Lord, which is those... What are some of God's decrees? Let's look at Proverbs 3, 1 to 15. Proverbs 3, 1 to, 1 to 16. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring you health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns shall be filled, overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves, as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. So this is another thing I found that is gold to God, the wisdom of God. That is another thing that we have at the end of our lives. We have love, but we also have received revelation from God, special things from God. Like for me, when I was on that road in the middle of India, it's an axiom to my life to build my life on. I serve the Lord. I serve the Lord. Who else shall I serve? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. God gives us all wisdom when we ask for it. It is what endures in the end of our life. <clears throat> what have we learned from him? What have we learned about him? What have we learned about his ways? That is what endures. That is what will not go through the fire and be burned. Our testimonies are what God has done in our lives. That is the gold. To God be the glory. Amen.